Welcome to the Fervently Seeking Joy podcast. You know, life has many ups and downs, and sometimes it is ridiculously hard. But the one thing I've learned is that joy is always a choice. What if we made the decision to choose joy every day? How would our lives change? How would the view of our circumstances change? In this podcast, we will talk about what it means to passionately and intentionally seek joy through the messiness of life with God as our guide. I'm your host, Mary Stillen, Jesus follower, joy seeker, blogger, mom, and wife extraordinaire. I'm here to share my journey to joy and to join you alongside yours. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four. I took a little bit of a break for, I think, about a couple weeks there. Um, Just needed to kind of rest and recharge. We had our Alabama vacation, and uh, my husband's dad got married, and that was awesome. It was a beautiful wedding on the beach, and I have the sunburn as a souvenir, so that's fun. But uh, we did have a really good time. But after that, sometimes I feel like you need a vacation from your vacation, trying to ease back into everyday life. Um, So that is what I did. And I am back again and um, want to talk today about trust, the joy of trust. And um, I originally wanted to talk about provision Um, You know, like the last episode, like any episode, really, I talk about things that are near and dear to my heart that I've been working through, um, you know, and had struggled with before, and maybe I'm a little bit more healed from it now, but I'm always going to say I'm a work in progress, so I don't think we're ever 100% healed of anything, um, because sometimes, you know... Uh, things rear their ugly heads again and now we have to put our tools back in place um, to be able to deal with those things. So this topic of trust is like twofold, Um, very near and dear to my heart, something I work on daily. Some days I'm better at it than others. Um, These past couple weeks I haven't been so great at it, but I'm just trying to put those tools um, into play again. But um, I originally wanted to talk about provision I always have, I can't say always, but I do have a fear of not having enough, whether it's money or whatever it is, primarily money, I'm not going to lie. But then the more I got to thinking about it, it's, you know, if we're worried about provision and having enough, then we're ultimately not trusting. And... The area of trust I'm going to be talking about today um, is going to focus mostly on trusting God. I feel like, um, you know, you could apply this where this conversation goes to any area of trust in your life because at the source and the core of our life is God. Um, So I feel like it could apply to many different things. But today I'm going to be focusing on um, what it's like to trust God the joy in trusting God, and then, you know, we'll be talking about provision as well through that. So, as I've mentioned, um, I've, I've always had like a, I don't want to say scarcity mindset, but that's kind of, those are the words that are 
coming up right now. And honestly, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Um, I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I was always provided for as a child. Um, never went without food, never went without clothes, always had school supplies and all that stuff. The only thing I feel like I could trace it back to is maybe when I became a mom. Um, cause now I've got, you know, being married and being a mom, there's mouths to feed, not just my own. Um, and you want to make sure that the money goes around for you and obviously your partner and then the kids. So I, I believe that's where my scarcity mindset really started sinking in and not being, um, you know, always being afraid of not having enough. So I am the one that handles the money in the house. Um, my husband works really, really hard, a physically demanding job. So the last thing I want him to have to do is to come home and worry about paying bills. So I, um, you know, I'm home. I am fortunate enough to be able to be home, take care of the kids and homeschool them and take care of the house. And then I have the unfortunate task of paying the bills. Um, so I see the money that comes in and I see the money that goes out. So there are a lot of times that, um, I see what's coming in. I see what's going out and I'm like, Oh no, are we even going to have enough? Like, I don't even see how we're going to be able to cover all of this and I'm going to have to pull from savings and I don't want to max out a credit card and this, that, and the other thing. And then I go down the spiral of panic, which isn't good because then I talk to Mike about it and what starts off as a, which what starts off as a conversation of him trying to reassure me then turns into an argument. I can't say all of the time because I've really been trying to work on this. Um, but sometimes it does. Um, he always gives me the famous words, we'll be fine, which doesn't always give me the most comfort. Um, but I know his heart is in the right place. Um, and then I go down the rabbit hole of, but we need to do X, Y, and Z and this and this and this. And if we don't do these things, then this is going to happen. And then I freak myself out and I stress everybody out in the process. So a way that I have really tried working through this, and I don't want to say, I wanted to say combat this, but then it just feels like a fight. And I don't feel that that is what God has intended. Um, so there's a couple ways that I try really hard to work through this. One is mindset. And, um, what I've learned um, throughout just my self-discovery work and um, just life in general, especially these past few years, is that mindset is everything. What we focus on, we can actually attract more of that into our life. So if you're focusing on lack, then soon enough, you're always going to feel that desperation. And, um, 
I feel like that's because then we cannot see the abundance that is around us or the provision or the gifts or whatever it may be that's around us and that's happening to us right now because nothing's ever going to feel good enough. So, um, just today, um, and I had to check myself, but just today, um, I was talking to Mike on the phone and we have a, a car situation. This new truck that he got just not three months ago, um, has a wobbly tire, has a wobbly wheel actually. And, um, you know, he looked into it. Thank goodness we're still under warranty. The dealership says that they're going to be able to fix it, but we have to meet our hundred dollar deductible. Well, because of the trip that we took, um, a couple weeks ago, which was fantastic, wouldn't trade it for the world. It kind of set us back financially a little bit. So my feelings of lack have been creeping in and my stress has been creeping back in and all of that not so fun stuff. Um, so when Mike told me this, he's like, oh, thank God, like we're going to be able to fix this. It's only going to cost us a hundred bucks. And I'm like, uh, but my, the first words out of my mouth were, but we don't have that. And it's not that we don't have it. It's I have some money set aside for something else. And I didn't want to tap into that. So instead of looking at my bank account and being like, okay, well, we do have that. Like it might be a let's shuffle some numbers game for a couple of weeks. But in the end, like we are going to make ends meet. It's going to be just fine. It was, oh my gosh, we don't have that because I don't want to take away from this. And then we talked through it and we made a plan and, you know, ultimately I'm going to take the hundred dollars to, from whatever I'm saving for, um, for this. But after I got off the phone with him, it just, I kind of kicked myself and, you know, I was going about doing some chores and whatever. And I kind of felt God kind of say to my spirit, like, be thankful you're okay. You're going to be okay. And, you know, be thankful for what you do have, that you do have this money to put towards the truck. And I almost felt, I kind of felt a little embarrassed. I kind of felt a little ashamed because I wasn't thankful because I had such a lack mindset and this fear of not having enough, I couldn't see or be thankful for the little bit that I do have, that we do have. So, and we do have, I just realized sounded weird. I just hope, (laughs) I hope that you understand that through my grammatical errors, um, what I'm trying to say here. But, and, and that, that's one instance that is like the um, most current scenario I can think of. But it's just, I mean, it kind of goes to show that um, when we're so focused on lack, nothing's going to be good enough. And part of that, I mean, that that's the twofold thing right there, is that part of that is also the fact that I'm not trusting. 
And we can kind of go down this rabbit hole of, yes, but you need to be smart with your money and you need to do this and you need to do that. Exactly. I totally understand and I agree with you 100%. However, um, yes, we are supposed to be good stewards of the things that God gives us, right? But we also need to trust him. And um, whenever I know that I am not in a place of trust with God, I, you know, go by the tried and true uh, scriptures. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So there's that. You know, I have to kind of sit and recenter myself and be like, God, you know, I'm sorry for not being grateful for what we do have. And in this moment, you know, I trust you. I trust that we will be provided for and things will work out. And I thank you because sometimes those prayers can turn to a bag and they can turn to a bag really quickly. So before I'd be like, oh, please, God, please make it so that this can get paid for. And we have this and we have this. And then I start running through the list and getting really stressed out. And I also don't feel like our play, our prayers should come from a place of stress. But if we believe that we are being provided for and we believe that... Um, you know, he is working on these things for us, then we can come to a place before God in prayer of thanksgiving. Like, thank you, God. I trust you. Thank you for taking care of this for me. Thank you that I may not have everything that I want, but I have exactly what I need. And our family does. Um, and just being in that thanksgiving. So that is another way besides looking at your your trust scriptures on how to trust God. Being in thanksgiving. That is another way to turn our focus away from lack. I mean, even if you have $5 in the bank, maybe you don't even have that right now. There are still things to be thankful for. Because there are still things that you have. Abundance is many things. Abundance is not just money. Abundance is, do we have food on the table? Even if it is a loaf of bread, you know, that is food, that is nourishment. Do we have food on the table? Do we have a roof over our head? Even if maybe we don't own that roof. Do we have clothes on our back? Do we have love in our life? Like, and it does I don't mean romantically, friends, family. Um, and obviously you have the love of God, absolutely. Do we have love? Do we give love? Do we have joy in our hearts, even if it's for a split second? And yes, obviously there is money. But I just wanted to kind of drive home the fact that abundance is not just money. It's not just things. Looking around you and getting into the habit of being thankful for the things in your life shifts that mindset from a lack mindset to an abundance mindset. Because then you start to see 
all the things that God has gifted you with. Maybe even if it's just the simple fact that you hear the birds chirp and the sun is shining after a period of gray days or rain or whatever that may be. Turning our focus to thankfulness and gratitude helps us turn away from the thoughts of lack. And when we are thankful and we, um, you know, focus on gratitude, we then attract more of that into our life. And why? Well, because we see it more. We're willing to see more of the abundance in our life more of the things to be grateful for and thankful for. Just like when we're focusing on lack, we're so clouded and, you know, we have got tunnel vision on what we don't have, that that's kind of all we're willing to see are the things that we do not have. So um, another tried and true scripture that I'm sure a lot of you have heard, and maybe some of you for the first time, but it's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And um, that just goes along right with what I just said. And that is something that like, I probably need tattooed on me or something. I don't know. Maybe write it in lipstick on my bathroom mirror. But I tend to have an anxious heart. My, um, I, I've grown up having anxiety and I don't let that define me. I do not let that label me whatsoever, but it's a fact. I acknowledge that this is something that I struggle with. And when we're anxious about things, I know me specifically, but in general, anxiousness Um, is kind of wrapped up in the need to control things. And when we can't control something, then we get anxious about it. Um, So this one speaks directly to me because sometimes you need a smack in the face. And this one is, do not be anxious about anything. Easier said than done, I understand. But just like when you're saying affirmations, um, if you've ever done like positive affirmations, um, You know, it's kind of the fake it till you make it, right? You say the thing like, I am worthy or I am provided for or I am abundant or whatever. You say the thing, you may not believe it right at that time, depending on what um, area you're trying to heal. But then you just keep saying it and you feel those words and feel them as if, That's already the place that you're in. And then you can feel things changing inside of you. And you keep saying it every day until you actually believe it. And that, I feel, is what we are supposed to do, not just with positive affirmations. But you can turn the scripture into a positive affirmation. Or that's what it is to meditate on scripture. Is you pick one that you really need help with in your life. Like something that is going to speak to you in that moment. And you read it. You read through it and you're like, yeah, okay, that's great. But then you read it again. And then you read it again. 
and then you feel it. And maybe you're stuck on that same scripture for an entire month. That's fine. But you read it, and you read it, and you read it, and you let your spirit feel it. And then you'll remember it one, so you can actually go to that in a time that you need to, you know, pull a tool out of your toolbox there when something rears its ugly head. But then you also start to really believe that because it is true. Scripture is truth. So it's really important to meditate on those things and to say them or fake it till you make it until you really actually believe that these words are meant for you and that they are true. So do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And, you know, I think, and this is in the uh, New Living Translation, where it says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And, and I think that's pretty, like, bold. It doesn't say ask. In this translation, it says, tell him. Tell him everything that you need. And obviously, we're not going to go into him in a demanding sort of way and say, hey, do this for me. But that just goes to show there, like that first line says, don't be anxious. Then pray about it. And then tell God. So we are to boldly go before God. Like that is just the proof and the trust that we need right there. That okay, I'm not going to be anxious about it because I can go to God. I'm going to pray about this. But then we get to tell him what we need. Because to me, that is that ensures that he is going to help us out, right? It may not look exactly how we want it to look because his ways are better than ours. And he clearly, he knows what he's doing and we don't. <laughs> and we're not meant to. But that, to me, just reassures me, like, hey, I can trust him. Because I'm actually being told that I can go tell him what I need. And yes, he is going to, he is, he is going to um, help you in his way. So again, it may look completely different than what we are expecting. But that is the other reason why we need to have these mindset shifts to focus on gratitude and thankfulness and abundance of what we have and what God's already given us so we actually have eyes and hearts open to see when he is answering our prayer because it's going to most likely be in a much different way than we had expected. So then that goes to the next part of the scripture. When you do these things, when you're not anxious and you pray, and, well, and how do you be not anxious? I should have addressed that in the first place. How? Well, you pray about it. You go to God. You go to your Heavenly Father. I need help. I'm so scared. Be honest with your feelings. It doesn't have to be flowery. It doesn't have to be this beautiful, poetic thing. That doesn't make our prayers any more worthy. It's, hey, God, I am really stressing out right now. I'm so stressed about money and, and maybe he'll even reveal to you in that, that maybe it's not just the money that you're stressed about. Maybe it's, that is like a symptom. And then you've got some other things going on that he can kind of make apparent to you and you can, you know, work through those things with him as well. But again, going back to the simplicity in prayer, it's, 
hey God, I'm really stressing out right now. I really need this car fixed. But this is what my bank account says. And hey, can you help me out with that? Or thank you. Because you are my source of provision. You do take care of me. You do love me. You are a good father. And I know I'm never going to go without. Thank you. So that, when we do those things, right? Then to the last part of that scripture. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So when we go to him in prayer... And suddenly those anxious thoughts start to fade away because we are wrapped in his protection. We are wrapped in his love. We trust him. There's no way we can trust God if we don't have a relationship with him and we don't go to him just like we would our earthly parents. So you start to feel that peace. That peace that only God can give you, where God's got, you know, God's wrapped you up in his arms and he tells you, he tells your spirit, don't worry, I've got this. So, um, I know that was a little all over the place, that particular, you know, point I was trying to get across, but there is a lot of truth to it. And I already warned you guys in like, I think my first blog post at the very end, I said, this is just a, <laughs> these are just the ramblings of a joy seeker. And that's exactly what I tend to do is ramble. But I do feel like um, there are some very good points to that. So I, I really hope that you can get something out of my ramblings. Um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of um, talk about is the provision aspect. So we're talking a lot about the trust aspect, right? Um, and again, the scripture that I'm going to share with you is twofold as well. Um, it talks, it's another good example of the provision and the trust in being provided for. Um, I'm trying to go for it here or trying to find it here. Um, okay. So it's, it's Matthew chapter six and, um, this one jumped out to me cause like the headline of, or the title of, you know, these next few chapters here are teaching about money and possessions is what it says. And, um, you know, sometimes honestly, if I'm stressing with something, I am not super well versed in the Bible yet to be like, ooh, I know I need to go here if I'm worrying about money or if I'm worrying about whatever it is. So sometimes, honestly, I just Google it. I Google um, scriptures for money or scriptures for trust, provision, joy, forgiveness, whatever it is. So then it pops up where to go. And then I open my um, Bible app or my Bible and I open to that specific chapter so I can actually dig in um, a little bit more. So that is actually how I came across this. But um, this is going to be kind of long. We're going to start with Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 24. And this one talks about why it's a 
important, or this is how I interpret this, why it's important to trust God. So Matthew 6, um, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That one spoke loud and clear to me. Loud and clear. Um, It was, you know, whether it's maybe you're working yourself to the bone. Or maybe you have this focus of lack and like, so the money that you do bring in from work doesn't ever seem good enough. And you're just like working and working and working yourself to death and you can't find the joy in life. Well, why are you doing this? Because you're doing this in your own strength. You are trying to provide for yourself in your own strength. And I firmly believe we need to meet God halfway, right? We pray to God, we tell him what we need, and then he gives us the tools He gives us the instructions to go out into the world and do what we need to do to be able to get that, right? But when you are so focused on, I need money for this, X, Y, and Z, to live and to be happy and to do this and to do that, money starts to turn into an idol. And before you know it, you are enslaved to it, whether it's, again, your boss or just finding other ways to make money or whatever it is. Now you've become enslaved to it, and that has become your master. That has become the thing that you put up on a pedestal and that you worship instead of God, whether you know you're doing it or not. Sometimes it takes that voice to kind of put you in check and be like, hey, is this something that you're doing? So I kind of urge you to reflect on your life if money is a struggle for you. Are you putting it up on that pedestal? Are you becoming a slave to it? Is that now your master that you're worshiping instead of God? And if that's the case, I urge you to pray, but to also really work on those mindset shifts. And it seriously will change your life. It absolutely will. So then going down from there, um, it's verse 25 says, and so we're talking to the anxiousness and the worry here. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food um, and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Chapter 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Chapter 27. Or I'm sorry, verse 27. I keep meaning to say chapter. I mean verse. Verse 27, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That, when I, when I saw chapter 6, verse 27 in Matthew, I'm sorry, verse 26 in Matthew, look at the birds. Um, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? that was just like, whoa, that again was another kind of aha moment, right? If you look at all of God's creation, plants, animals, us, but if you look at the things in the wild, they instinctively know what to do, right? To get the things that they need because God programmed them that way, but he also provides for them too. He's the one that created everything. 
and he is the one that created those instincts and, you know, the things on the earth for them to get sustenance from. And, you know, just all over provision, not just sustenance. But, like, if he does that for all the animals, well, he made us in his image. And I feel like, you know, if he can do that for them, well, of course he can provide for us, right? So in my time of anxiousness about money, I always, I always go back to that, that scripture. It does give me that peace. Like, God, you've got me. It's just that reminder. God, you've got me. Thank you. Now, I, I'm not saying don't have a savings account. Because honestly, when I first read that, I kind of struggled with that. Like, okay, what, am I supposed to not have a savings account? Am I supposed to not, like, plan for my future because I'm just supposed to look at the day ahead? No, you do need a plan and obviously work with God on that. You do need a savings account and all of those things are good. But, you know, like, have those things in place. But then don't worry about the rest of it so much. To where that's all you're focusing on and now it's becoming an idol. Sometimes we have to move things around, but then God will replace that. And I get so stuck in looking into the future that if I can't, you know, I feel like that's the other thing that the scripture is saying. Like, this is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, you know, if you have enough. Because Again, with our mindset shifts, if we're focusing on lack, I'm going to repeat myself again, if we're focusing on lack, we are inviting more lack into our life because that's all we're choosing to see. If we're focusing on gratitude, abundance, thankfulness, and love, then we're going to attract more of that into our life because those are the lenses we're looking through and what we're willing to see come into our life more and acknowledge So if you're now going to, if you're constantly living in the future, like I tend to do sometimes, I'm much better at it now, not living in the future. But if you are always living in the future and see, okay, well, in order to get here, I got to do this and I want to get here and oh my goodness and blah, blah, blah. And now you're panicking yourself, right? If you're always living in the future, how can you be in the present? How can you enjoy the things that you have in the present or see things coming into your life in the present or just enjoying a beautiful day? My days sometimes can get so wasted if I am so far looking into the future that maybe I didn't enjoy something like funny that my kid said or maybe it was a gorgeous day and I wasted it because I was inside stressing out. If we always, there are times, just like anything, there's a time and a place. There are times where we need to be in a future mindset, right? Because we maybe need to make a savings plan or get your retirement or, you know, get all those things in place or life insurance or whatever. Those are times where it's okay to have a future mindset. Because you do have to plan for your future. But what I'm saying is... Do not live in that mindset because you're not going to be able to be present and you're going to miss a lot of really good stuff and you're going to miss a lot of blessings that God is trying to give you or they're just not going to feel good enough. 
Um, okay. So then also going down to, there was another one that jumped out at me. It is, this chapter is a little repetitive in this section, but I think that's really important because I know me and just the human race in general, it's not often that you say something one time to somebody and you're like, cool, I got that. I, I re That resonates with me. I'm good now. No, we learn and we believe by repetition. Even when you're in school and you're learning math or whatever new lesson you're learning, what do they do? Repeat it over and over again until it sinks in and your brain catches on and you've learned it. Same thing with scripture. And I feel like the same thing with this particular scripture. Um, because then 28, verse 28 goes down to say, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Um, verse 31 goes on to saying, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These, these, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, verse 34 says, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And that is very important. Today's troubles are enough for today. So again, a lot of that, you know, it talks about, don't worry about what will you eat. Don't worry about your clothing. You know, God knows all your needs. And if he can, you know, make or dress flowers so beautifully, and he can feed the birds and care for them so well, what makes us think that he can't do that for us? One of the other things that gets us into a lack mindset is we don't feel worthy. We don't feel seen. We feel like what's so special about us that God's going to take care of me in this way. But I'm telling you right now, because those are thoughts that I have felt, but you are worthy. We are worthy. He loves us and he wants to care for us, but we have to let him. And that by no means means that we need to sit here and do absolutely nothing and expect him to grant us a miracle. We need to do the work of shifting our mindset and being good stewards of what he gives us. But we have to shift our mindset in order to see what it is that he's giving us. Otherwise, it's never going to feel good enough. It's never going to feel like enough. God doesn't always give us everything our heart desires. He gives us what we need. So at the end of every day, count your blessings and think, were my needs met today? Most often, and I'm talking like your basic needs, most often the answer is going to be yes. And if you can sit and count your blessings in your most basic needs for that day, it is going to expand your mind and expand your heart to what you are thankful for 
and to invite more of those good things into your life because you're going to be wearing, like I say, you're going to be wearing the lens of love. You're going to be able to see the abundance and the love in your life and the things that God is giving you. It could even be the fact that like someone bought you a cup of coffee today because they felt like you needed it. They felt like it would make you happy. Well, that's a blessing from God because God encouraged that person to do that for you. It doesn't have to be something huge and lavish. It could be, you know, maybe you got that phone call you needed from somebody who was trying to cheer you up. Or, hey, I was thinking about you. I just wanted to talk to you and see how you're doing. Again, that is something that God encouraged that person to do so it could bless you. And not only in receiving is the thankfulness approach and mindset good for yes we need to be open to receive we need to be you know feel worthy because we are but it's not just in receiving if we are so like just down on ourselves and we're in that lack and blah you know blah mindset then we're not even going to feel empowered to bless somebody else And I say empowered because when we're in that thankfulness, gratitude mindset, we do, like, even if you don't have everything you ever wanted, it is empowering, like, hey, God, like, you really are on my side. We really are doing this life together. I'm so excited. I want to share you with everybody. And then you're going to do something to bless someone else because you're open to what God's telling you to do and he is going to encourage you to bless someone else in a special way so our ears have got to be open our spiritual ears have to be open too and thankfulness and talking to God and knowing that he's got us and that he is our provider and that we can trust him is going to open that it's going to open our hearts and our ears so we can hear And it's going to open our eyes, our hearts, so we can feel that love and receive that love in whatever form God gives it to us. And so we can actually give back that love to others and bless them. Our ears open so we can hear what God is trying to tell us and encourage us to do to bless other people and how to help ourselves or how he wants to help us and our eyes open to looking at all that we actually do have around us so we can see the blessings coming in as well so i went on a little long today but i feel like these things are very 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 important so i just hope and pray i pray that you can turn your mindset around. Stop focusing on the lack. Focus on the love. Focus on the abundance. And focus on all the things that God has done for you and the things that he has yet to do for you. Approach him with thankfulness each and every day. And just knowing that we can trust him. That he loves us. He is our provider. It's going to make all the difference in the world. I promise you that. 
And when you find yourself in those lack mindsets and you find yourself worrying, just as I have been this week and even last, you can go to your tried and true scriptures, whatever. It may not be the scriptures that I mentioned. It's a good place to start, but maybe there's other ones that speak to you. And you can go to your toolbox and grab those scriptures and you can go to your quiet place and talk to God, even if it's just for five minutes and be bold, but be thankful and say, Hey God, I've got this problem. This is what I need. Thank you for fixing it for me because I know that you will. And just sit in his presence and absorb his love. And I'm telling you, you will get the peace. You will get the peace of God that none of us here on earth can understand. And there's so much joy in that. So I thank you so much for listening today. Um, I just wanted to um, take a moment also to just say, hey, if you like this podcast, if you like my crazy ramblings of joy, please, if you are on iTunes, I would love it so much if you could rate and review. Um, Let me know what you like about the podcast and also so others can see. um, So that way this podcast can become a little bit more visible and reach out to other people and um, they get to hear my joyous ramblings as well. And hopefully it can... um, Hopefully it can speak to other people as well. So I appreciate you. I thank you so much for listening. Um, Don't forget to subscribe and share as well. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much again. And I really hope that uh, my crazy ramblings speak to your heart as well. So enjoy your week. And I will be back next week and ramble some more for you. So have a blessed week. I love you all. Guess what? You can catch the Fervently Seeking Joy podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. Make sure you follow so you can keep up to date with all the latest podcast episodes. I'd also love it if you took a minute to rate and review so I can hear what y'all think. If you'd like to stay connected, you can also follow me on Instagram at fervently underscore seeking underscore joy. And as always, stay up to date with the blog by going to ferventlyseekingjoy.wordpress.com. Go ahead, share it with your family and friends. But I gotta warn you, joy seeking can be contagious. <laughs>